This podcast brought to you by Hope 103.2. Welcome to the Hope Book Club with your host, Katrina Rowe, because life is just better with a book. Uh, Natasha Moore, our book reviewer, is with us from the Centre for Public Christianity, and she's brought in some non-fiction today. Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. It's a Holocaust survivor's account. It's sold over 10 million copies. It's been named one of the 10 most influential books in America. The author was a psychiatrist who spent time in four concentration camps, including Auschwitz. Uh, Natasha, what made you pick this one up? I've heard of it at various times before because, you know, it is this really influential book that's been important for lots of things, including for um, psychology and the field of psychotherapy. And so I just kept coming across quotes from it. You know how there are those books that you're like, oh, I really ought to read that. I should, Mm. I should. And then I was organising somebody else's library, actually, and I came across it. And so instead of putting it on the shelf, I put it on my pile of books to read. You poached it. And picked it up. And it's very short and it is astounding. I can see why it's, you know, one of the 10 most influential books in America. I was amazed to learn that it was written in 1946, like so soon after the events that it depicts. Did that sort of give it an immediacy that other World War II books might lack? Well, it was because I think I know quite a lot about the Holocaust. I think I've read quite a lot of fiction and nonfiction and seen quite a few movies and documentaries. You know, I, th- I think I know about this, but this was very different to other Holocaust accounts that I've read and maybe that has something to do with it, the immediacy. But it's also that, I mean, the original title of it uh, in German was saying yes to life in spite of everything, a psychologist experiences the concentration camp. And so it's really about, you know, it, it is about his experiences. He just kind of tells them. But also it's about his theories on mental health and psychology and this method he developed called logotherapy. So logos kind of being meaning. So he's all about, and he helps patients with this, uh, with finding meaning in their suffering. So instead of being a book about evil, um, it's really not a book about the Nazis at all. It's a book about human suffering and whether it has to be meaningless, you know. So what does he conclude about the meaning of life in the midst of extreme suffering? So he, this is, I think, really pertinent to our time and quite foreign to us because I think especially in the midst of, um, relatively speaking, huge material prosperity and, you know, our lives are fairly um, free of suffering by comparison with our ancestors. But I think that means that we often see suffering as kind of an anomaly and an interruption and just something to be avoided at all costs. And that means that we we don't cope with it very well, actually, when it comes, which it still does. You know, suffering is an inevitability of human life. And so he, in these really extreme circumstances, you know, it's hard to think of a greater extreme of human suffering than being in a Nazi concentration camp. Uh, He goes, actually, there is meaning to be found in suffering. And, you know, rather than seeing suffering as something that is just, I just want it to end and that's all, he goes, you can see suffering as a task that's been given to you 
a, a thing that the that life is demanding of you that the universe has kind of given you uh, or if you believe in a taskmaster if you believe in a god then this is a task that's been handed to you and it can be a human achievement that you know he says these things that I'm like I don't think you're allowed to say stuff like that but he's he but knows if anyone what he's talking can, about he can exactly right? wow so have you got a little bit that you could read to us Natasha yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are so many bits I'd love to read. And he, one of the quotes that he uses throughout the book is from Nietzsche, uh, the philosopher, which says that he who has a why to live for can endure almost any how. Uh, and he tells these remarkable stories. You know, he tells the story of this woman who is dying um, in a concentration camp and that she said to him uh, that she was glad that fate had dealt her this hand that she was spoiled and rich and so on before the war and that you know here she is dying in a in a in the holocaust and she says you know there there have been such opportunities for spiritual achievement here which is a stunning thing to say let me read you a paragraph that kind of sums up his message suffering had become a task on which we did not want to turn our backs We had realised its hidden opportunities for achievement, the opportunities which caused the poet Rilke to write how much suffering there is to get through. Rilke spoke of getting through suffering as others would talk of getting through work. There was plenty of suffering for us to get through. When a man finds that it is his destiny to suffer, he will have to accept his suffering as his task, his single and unique task. He will have to acknowledge the fact that even in suffering he is unique and alone in the universe. No one can relieve him of his suffering or suffer in his place. His unique opportunity lies in the way in which he bears his burden. So he really has this sense of you always have a choice. You have the choice of how to respond to the situation that you're in, even mm. when every other choice seems to have been taken away from you. So it's just stunning. I was When I was reading this book, every few pages there was something that he said that I was just like, wow I would sit on the ferry and read this book and I'd say wow out loud people would look at me because it seems quite overwhelming I think I wouldn't be able to read it unless I was on holidays because it would consume you've got to be prepared for the fact that it's quite affecting yes Mm. and and you'd recommend it then I would I think it's one of those life-changing books it just really enables you to see things differently to how you have before and there aren't that many like that so Mm. I do recommend it I think it's a must-read for everyone, really. Okay. That's called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl. It's quite full-on, sorry, but it's really amazing. Yeah. I really do think everyone should read it. Okay. To Say Nothing of the Dog by Connie Willis is our next pick. It's a time travel adventure set mostly in the Victorian era. It has elements of sci-fi, history and romantic comedy, which sounds exactly like my cup of tea. Um, Natasha, I personally love time travel stories like The Time Traveller's Wife I really enjoyed or Outlander. Are you generally a fan of time travel stories? I have read some. I think I'm not sure I am a fan because I usually find them a bit frustrating. You know, there's always something incoherent about them because obviously there's a reason that time travel doesn't work and doesn't happen. And you really have to suspend your disbelief. Yeah, you'd have to tie yourself in knots for it to work. You really, yeah, I think suspend disbelief is the Okay. (laughs) And did you enjoy this one? I loved this one. So it's kind of, I mean, Connie Willis is a 
big sci-fi writer, you know, won lots of awards. And I am a bit of a sci-fi novice. Uh, So I'm not a sci-fi snob, partly because I think, you know, my hero is C.S. Lewis and he was very scathing about sci-fi snobs and he loved sci-fi and wrote some of it. Um, But I'm not that familiar with it. So I think for me, this was kind of a good in because, yeah, it's kind of sci-fi. It's set in 2057 and there's time travel. But it's also a Victorian era. Mm, so it crosses that bridge yeah. for you. So yeah. if I was going to read any sci-fi novel, this one is really for me. So tell us about the main character, Ned Henry. So Ned is a 20th century historian. Um, so as in he lives in the 21st century, he works on 20th century history. Right. And uh, at this point... I'm already getting confused, yeah, Natasha. <laughs> it's actually a really confusing book, but you just kind of go with it okay. and find it delightful. It's very complicated. But basically, you know, this so is So he era. lives in the 21st century, but he studies the 20th century. Yes. Is that what you just so said? So he usually okay. travels back to the 20th century to study it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so at this time, so time travel has been common for a while, but... Uh, it's not very popular anymore and really the only people who use it are historians because it turns out there's not much you can do with it. So I think this is quite realistic that commercial ventures had tried to exploit time travel and have found that actually because you can't take anything back with you, because you can't uh, change history at all, uh, the space-time continuum makes it so that you can't kind of get anywhere near these important historical moments to change things. And so everyone's been a bit like, well, there's not much we can do with time travel except historians can kind of go back and study the past through it. And so he's at Oxford University, he's an historian, Um, and he gets sent back to the 19th century to fix this incongruity that has happened, which is that another time traveller called Verity, romance alert here, uh, she has been working in the Victorian era and has brought back a cat with her, which should not be possible, and they're all freaking out because they're like, is this going to make the universe collapse because um, cats are extinct in the current well, age. Well, cats are extinct in the oh. current age, and so none of them really know what to do with a cat. But also you're not supposed to be able to bring anything back. Like the portal shouldn't have opened if mm. she had a cat from that era. So they're all desperately trying to fix all the the train of um, events that happen in the wake of her taking this cat. So Ned Henry gets sent back to return the cat, but he's – um. He's very what we call time lagged, which is a bit like jet lagged. So he's from doing so many journeys, so many what they call drops. Um, And so he doesn't really know what he's doing there. He doesn't know he's returning the cat. It's, you know, this sort of adventure that he finds himself on where he's going down the boat with a 19th century Oxford student who's in love with Verity, the the girl who Verity is posing as her cousin um, and everyone's, you know, this chain of events has started where everyone's going to marry the wrong people and this couple has to get married because their grandson will fly in the RAF in the Battle of Britain and we're going to lose World War Two if we don't <laughs> fix this anomaly and so uh, it becomes very... Classical. Yeah, exactly. Oh, sounds good. Now, I know it references Jerome K. Jerome's travelogue, Three Men in a Boat. Have you read that as well? I have. I loved that book. Okay, so do you need to have read that to get this book? No, you don't. I mean, there are things that – there's plenty in there 
that people, if they know about the era or they know about certain books, including things like Sherlock Holmes and Agatha Christie, and like it references lots of different things. So some of them you might get, some of them you might not. Um, but Jerome K. Jerome's Three Men in a Boat, um, To Say Nothing of the Dog, is the full title of that book. So the title of this book comes from it. And it's a very kind of, you know, uh, gentleman of leisure boating on the Thames and having uh -huh. a lark. And it's, it's, very, it's very much in the tone and style. It's that kind of uh, whimsical and comic and it's just a lot of fun. So if you have read it you can, and enjoyed it, you can be sure you'll enjoy this. Okay. But if you haven't read it, you can still. You can still enjoy it. Absolutely. So all the reviews that I read about this book said it was, you know, they highlighted the humour. Did you find it funny? I thought it was hilarious. Okay. It's hilarious. So who would enjoy this? Do you have to be into sci-fi, time travel, whatever? Well, I'm not sure I'm into either, yeah. so definitely not. Um, I mean, the Victorian era is kind of my period. Like, I love um, books from the 19th century. Um, so I had a lot of fun with that, with people from the 21st century going back and trying to find their way among people saying very Victorian things and living in very Victorian ways. And maybe if you're a sci-fi fan who uh, is in it for the – spaceships and stuff this might not be your book <laughs> there are no spaceships <laughs> it, look, it kind of reminds me a little bit of the jasper ford thursday next series she travels in and out of books and and has to kind of as you said keep the continuity of things going have you ever read any of those yeah i have i have enjoyed yeah. those yeah, yeah it is a bit fun. like that it's a bit um yeah more overwhelming let's say okay. so it's a long book but and it's relentless in how funny and farcical and just joyful it is. Okay. So now my pick, Natasha. So a book that I absolutely loved and really spoke to me in a time when I needed it was The Guernsey Literary and Potato Pill Pie Society by Marianne Schaefer oh, and I love this book. Annie Barrows. So I was going through a tough time. I'd just been through quite a traumatic incident. I walked into a bookshop and I wanted a book to make me feel good. And on the front cover of this book was something like the feel good book of the year. And I'm like, right, <laughs> that's the one I want. Um, and at the time I just loved it. Now I haven't read it for years, but I know they're making a movie of it and I'm very keen to pick it up again. The movie is coming out very soon actually and I did reread it I think last year I mm -hmm. reread it because I was like I love love loved this book and I want to read it again to make sure that I still love 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 this book mm. and I do. I mean I think the second time I read it I'd kind of forgotten how it is feel good but it's also quite traumatic in mm. some ways. It's set you know, on the island of Guernsey in the English Channel during World War Two. Another um, World War Two book. We're yes, always that's talking right. about World War Two books. Yeah. <laughs> well, you can't help it. They're all about World War Two. Yeah. Um, so during the German occupation, and this literary society, this book club, starts as a kind of. Um, well, it's to fool the Germans, really, because they're caught out at night when they shouldn't be. And so they tell the Germans that they're, um, they're having this literary society. Mm. Uh, and they so then they have them. to invent one. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's about a writer after the war who goes to Guernsey to write about this book club and all the things that happen there. And so... It's and Lily James is playing the writer oh, in the movie, and we divine. all love Lily James. Isn't she gorgeous? So. <laughs> yes. Okay. Well, yeah, it was a great read. It was feel good. It was still educational. I felt like 
Um, and the other thing was it was a, it was what's the word epistolary uh, written in the yeah, letters, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which was I found just slightly annoying at times, <laughs> um, but it was very well done. Mm. I mean, the whole book is delightful. The characters are delightful, and I think. This is one of the few books that, you know, it's one it's one of the many that I force on people, but it's one of the few books that everyone who I've recommended it to has completely adored. Yes. I think no. it's impossible not to like this book. I agree. So if you haven't read it, go out right now and grab a copy before you go and see the movie. Well, it's been great chatting to you again, Natasha. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, the books we've reviewed in this episode of the Hope Book Club are Holocaust survivor Victor Frankl's memoir, Man's Search for Meaning, To Say Nothing of the Dog, the Connie Willis time travel adventure, and lastly we were talking about the Guernsey Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society by Marianne Schaefer and Annie Barrows. Thanks for listening to the Hope Book Club because life is just better with a book. Thanks for listening. Start your day with life words. Subscribe to Hope 1032's free daily email devotional at hope1032.com.au.